0: Welcome to Globally Minded Medicine, a podcast of quick reviews and helpful tips on medical topics, cultures, customs, and sustainable practices that are applicable at home and abroad.
1: The opinions expressed are our own and do not represent those of our schools or our employers and are not meant for medical advice. It's just a little education and global exploration.
0: Welcome to Globally Minded Medicine and this sustainability episode. I am very excited to have with me three of my medical student guests, Ariel, Lauren, and Allie, who are going to talk to us today about fast fashion. So I have to tell you when they came to me and said, hey, we want to talk about fast fashion. I was like, what in the world is fast fashion? Is this like how to pick out your outfit really well in the morning so you can like get on with your day (laughs) or what? Like I had no idea. And so I was very excited to learn about this. And I think this will be a a, a great episode. So what is fast fashion and why is it important for global sustainability?
1: Fast fashion in general is like overproduction of cheap clothing that's mass produced by a lot of retailers. And it plays into like micro-trends that change super often. So it drives people to just like buy and buy and buy more clothes all the time. And it's not sustainable in like How it's made and the amount of consumption that everybody plays into. Because, how many times can you wear clothes that are really cheaply made? Probably not very many. And it also has like a lot of ethical problems of how their garment workers are paid and treated and where like the fabric is coming from. A lot of cheap fabrics are fabrics like polyester and spandex and things like that instead of natural fibers that can break down once they're done being used. So there's a lot of aspects that play into it and it's challenging to break it down into one thing, but yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it sounds like there's a lot of little facets that go that go into it. Um so let's let's break it down just a little bit. How big of a problem is fast fashion?
2: I would say it's like, it's a very big problem. And I feel like social media really plays an influence in this. Um, I think like in general, the culture is like a culture of consumption that we have in the U S unfortunately. And I think this is just like one of those facets of that. I think having social media and seeing what are considered like social media influencers, wear on trend clothes, which I think would kind of coincide with what Ali was saying with the micro trends. I think there becomes like a lot of pressure for young people or really anyone to be like following these trends. And if they don't, then they're out of date. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure on the way that you look. And so like following what the influencers are doing, I think is like a big driving force in
1: in that happening.
2: <laughs> no one has
0: ever accused me of being trendy and cir- certainly not micro trendy. So like explain to me what a micro trend really is.
1: I guess microtrends are like really short-lived things that get super blasted on social media for even like a week. And then the next week you'll never see it again. So for just for a short amount of time, you see everybody wearing it and buying these things. And then before you know it, it's gone. So then people don't wear those clothes anymore. And there's this statistic that I've read that there's approximately 52 microtrends yearly. And so like if you're feeding into microtrend concerns, assumption you're buying new clothes on a weekly basis. And then by the next week or two weeks later, you're like, well, no one's wearing this anymore. So ends up in the back of your closet.
2: I feel like this is kind of an ancient one, but one probably of our time, like before I think fast fashion had as much of a hold as it does now. Um, Gauchos. When we were kids, like if you didn't have a pair of gauchos, which is like a style of pant. That is ugly, was ugly, always will be (laughs) ugly. But if you didn't own a pair of gauchos when you were in sixth grade, like you were a loser and everyone knew it, you know? And that was even before Instagram was telling me that I needed to have gauchos, something like that. But it's like it had a very brief period of time where it was cool. And then like probably within a year, if you were wearing gauchos, You actually are super lame.
0: Well, that that was probably me, the one who like wears the trend (laughs) after it's no longer trendy. Uh, Okay, well, that makes sense. I mean, nowadays, I'm the, uh, you know, button down and khaki kind of guy. So Uh, that will be forever not trendy.
3: (laughs) 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 And on top of social media, um, they have algorithms now that create advertisements. Um, and they're really good at targeting audiences, like people who are really interested in these. um, these ads come up like Sheen, which is a huge fast fashion company. And so they'll see these really nice clothes that are in fashion right now and they're really cheap. And a lot of people aren't aware about fast fashion or just the huge problem that fast fashion creates. And so that's why I think a lot of people give into fast fashion.
0: Yeah, and that makes complete sense mm-hmm. as well. But I mean, I know that people talk about shopping therapy, they some people really enjoy shopping, they love getting new clothes, things like that. Um, and then when they don't wear them anymore, they just donate them. Right? I mean, is that a problem?
1: It's not always a bad option. But part of the problem is that the amount of consumption that has been happening, so how much clothes people are consuming, and then donating, there's so much that like, thrift stores can't keep up. So a lot of it ends up being either thrown in the trash or some of it is burned. And a lot of times a lot of it is shipped off to lower income countries. And they're kind of like given this burden of these low quality clothes that Americans and countries have consumed and then don't know what to do with. So they ship them off and they're low quality and there's so much of it that it just causes problems. But since we donate it and get rid of it, then people don't see that that's an issue here being a big pollution issue in other countries like Ghana is a big one. They get a lot of things shipped there and it fills up their oceans and beaches and things like that. And it's usually and plastic-based, so it ends up clogging their waterways and gutters and lots of other things along with a lot of cultural issues that our fashion trends are diluting more natives and things like that that are like local to places and their cultures.
2: Yeah. And with that, I will say like I think knowing where you're donating to is really important as a part of, you know, making the decision if I don't know, if it's like okay or not for you to donate. Because for example, in St. George, there's a store, it's called Urban Renewal. And like they take pretty high quality donation because it's it's a thrift store. So a lot of it will be like, if it's a name brand of some sort that is still existing today, or if it's like a vintage garment that's like in really good condition still. So, like people, so it's more like consignment, I would say, than donate. And their clothes, you know, they're cycling those clothes through and really giving them like another life, which is like a really great way to get rid of some clothes from your closet if you're wanting to kind of downsize. But if you have some like pieces that are still of like good quality, knowing that they're going to be used again is I think like a really great way to like go about that. And also then I won't even lie. It's kind of ironic since we're doing this. I, I am a person who's very prone to needing to, you know, do the shopping therapy, quote unquote. But I, I always do often just like, I have this really bad habit of like making a bag online, but never purchasing anything. Because I like will be like, oh, I just want to look at stuff. But like, I don't actually need to buy anything. I don't need to ship anything to me. Like, I'm just going to wear this once and not wear it. So I have gotten a lot better at like restricting myself. But today I felt like, you know, you haven't bought something in like a really long time. I've been needing some like winter sweaters because I don't know how I don't really have any. So I actually went to Urban Renewal and I got like a few, I got like three sweaters but they're all like really, really nice quality. And I know that these will be sweaters I will have for probably till they absolutely combust in like 30 years or
3: something. Also, um, for people that do like to do shopping therapy, like that's fine too, but also something to consider is like these fast fashion companies, they have found in their clothing that there's like toxic chemicals or like Unhealthy levels of lead found in the clothing, so that's also something they are buying those clothes that even for them, it's not, it might not be the healthiest thing to wear.
0: Okay, so by avoiding this fast fashion, not only is it going to be good for the planet and for not supporting bad labor situations, it's also good for you as an individual in some ways. Is that what you're saying?
3: Yeah, for sure.
0: All right. Uh, Do you have anything else you want to talk about as far as kind of the problem- of fast fashion before we get into maybe some tips on what we can do individually to improve our sustainability in this area.
1: I think another important thing to consider when you're like going to purchase things or like for people with kids, sometimes that's hard because they're growing all the time and it's hard to talk kids out of trends that all of their friends are buying And I think something important is just to like teach your family along with yourself to like think about who made the clothes that you're purchasing and maybe play into like the compassion that your kids probably have and maybe discuss that, that like a lot of these labor workers for fast fashion brands don't like they, I like I've read stats that they have one day off a month and they work like 14 hour days, and they have no health insurance or care in that sense. And they're most of the time not making a livable wage anyways. So having that honest discussion with your family or friends in people that don't know that, and kind of when you're going to purchase something, like think about if you're going to wear it enough that it's worth to it, if you are going to shop fast fashion brands, because it's not always a solution to just like stop buying clothes it's just like being mindful of what we're consuming and like, if we think actually we'll stay in our closets for a longer period of time
0: yeah that's a great tip and i know i have kids those ages and we won't mention the brands in here but they're always like i want these i want those and i'm like why what you have is fine And so, no, I'm definitely going to um, be able to have some better conversations with them uh, after this. Uh, What other tips or calls to action do you have for us?
3: When I talk to people about this, I have heard um, a lot of like counter arguments where people will talk about how I'm just an individual. Like for me, shopping more sustainably or getting rid of my plastic use or decreasing my plastic use won't make a difference. I feel like that's a lot of people feel that way. And that's why um, a handful don't live more sustainably so i just think that it is important for us as individuals to participate in living more sustainably because then it just adds to more of that public movement for creating a more green planet and that'll push like corporations especially the big players and emitting um, all those um, bad carbon emissions and um, to make is and incorporate more green policies and stuff like that
2: yeah i do totally agree with that like the mind I think that like culture shifts happen on an individual level and culture shifts is what creates like those big policy changes that you're talking about. So it does require like individuals to take ownership and action within their own life. And then like that has a bigger chain reaction down the line. We can
1: emphasize that by like not playing into trends so much, you're kind of like voting with your dollar or like... We're going to buy more things that are made out of recycled plastics instead of virgin plastics. Sometimes like can like what the public actually wants and help shift that mindset.
0: That sounds great. Any other tips before we close?
1: Um, I guess in terms of just like calls to action,
2: um, I think like one great place that I've looked to a to just like check the legitimacy of brands who Cause there's like the concept of greenwashing brands trying to claim that they care about environmental initiatives and they want their clothing to be made ethically and um, made out of like recycled materials maybe, or something like that. Um, but there's just kind of a lot of like buzzwords and lingo that companies can use. And if you don't really look into uh, the legitimacy of the company and their their practices, then I think that we can kind of get misled sometimes. So there's, a, it's a website called Good on You. They have information essentially about you know all the major brands that you could think of, really, and verifying if what they say they do is actually true, or to what extent are they actually you know caring about environmentalism and things like that. And also just can be a great place to find new brands that you maybe didn't know about um, that are trying to do good things and are trying to create clothes that will last you for ages and are made in ethical conditions and, um, and you can feel really good about purchasing from. So that's a great place, I think, to check out if people are looking for something like that.
0: Yeah, that'll be great. I can put a link to that in our show notes um, to that good on you. Um, and, and look, I have learned about fast fashion and about greenwashing all these new things. So greenwashing is, is, is kind of like the equivalent of a candy that says I'm fat free, but it's because it's a hundred percent sugar, <laughs> right?
1: Yes, exactly. And, and they're
0: exactly. trying to make themselves look healthy, but no. And so the, the greenwashing, yeah. they're trying to make themselves look good for the planet, but they're really not. Yeah. 100%. All right.
1: I think products a lot of time have like the buzzwords Lauren mentioned and have like green packaging that like draws you into it like if you're standing in the aisle at the store and you're like I wonder what to buy that you're Mm. like oh that one's green and maybe that one's better but really it's pretty much the same as the product next to it so it's kind of like a way to draw you in to think
3: it is more green but it's really
1: not by just like playing with how your brain sees the product right
3: I just want to put in like a quick fast fact that um, fast fashion emits about 10% of global emissions. So it's thought that it might rise more than 50% in the next 10 years. So this is a pretty big problem we're dealing with. And I'm happy that we get to put this podcast out there and get more awareness of the situation.
0: Yeah, it certainly has impacted me already just before this podcast, just knowing we we're going to talk about this and look at the store. And I'm already thinking, wait, is this shirt a good, you know, like, is this a good quality uh-huh. shirt or am I contributing to the problem? It's crazy how once you learn something, you just, you can't unlearn it, right? You you know about it and then you have to uh, act on it. And so anyway, it's great.
1: I think the main things that like have helped me stop seeing fast fashion as an option for me to purchase things is by unfollowing and unsubscribing from like influencers on social media and emails that I get because you know you get emails for like sales all the time and if they're running sales that's probably a bad sign if they're running sales all the time because it's just another like way that people aren't getting paid the amount they should. And I usually like, I sometimes do what Lauren says she does and put a bunch of things into a cart. (laughs) And then I just like make myself like sleep on it for at least a night and then like get up in the morning. And sometimes I'm like, why did I put that in my cart? I don't even like it. And kind of just like making yourself take a step back from what you're purchasing and asking yourself like, will I wear this more than 30 times like, will it be worth what I'm spending on it or what's the material made out of? And kind of looking a little bit more into the details of like why I actually am purchasing. It has helped me kind of like step back from that like consumption mindset. Mm
0: -hmm. Even those who um, maybe are a little concerned about the budget budgetary impact of buying higher quality clothing. By just consuming less of what they have been doing, they're going to save quite a bit of money, actually, and be more sustainable. Is that fair?
2: Yeah, I would say definitely. And I think like with that, if you still want to be buying like high quality things, I think looking to uh, consignment stores and thrift stores, especially now, because I do think there's kind of a growing movement of people wanting to buy like vintage thrifted items you know, you can go there and it's, it's not just like your grandma's sweater. Like there are things that are really cool and can be from like brands that you may like never in my life would I be able to be buying a Ralph Lauren sweater right now. (laughs) Like I have, there's no way, but you know, from this consignment store, I can get this really nice sweater that will last me for ages. And it was $45, which like is a lot, but considering the quality of it, like, I think it's like totally well worth it, you know? So I think looking to those other options for those like high quality things at a better price can, can sometimes be a good solution for that issue.
0: Terrific.
1: For thing, it's about like donating your clothes as an option, but there's also, I mean, you, we all have like crappy clothes that maybe are, or that you've worn it so many times it has holes in it. And you are like, well, I can't donate this because somebody else can't wear it. So what do you do with those? And I think there's people don't always know this is an option, but there are some textile recycling options that you can send your clothes to them and they turn them into batting and things that it doesn't really matter what's in them, but it's giving them a second life. And I think some good options are a company called Four Days. It's F O R D A Y S. And you can buy a bag from them and they'll send it to you in the mail and you can fill it with all the clothes that you have that are worn out, or you can send them like bed sheets or towels or like shoes and the, all the random things that you like can't get rid of to a to a thrift store or consignment store and they'll give it a second life in something else other than being worn as clothes. Or a good one for like undergarments and socks is a company called Nikki and they'll get you a prepaid label and you can send them to them and they do the same kind of thing with your the things that
0: you send them that's super interesting well i want to thank all three of you for being here and um teaching us all about this very important topic and hopefully we can all be just a little bit more mindful and intentional about the decisions that we make when it comes to the clothes that we wear but you can still be fast in the closet right when you get ready i can i can still try oh yeah so if fast fashion means more than quickly exiting your closet door you might be globally minded They globally minded my friends.